All right, everybody. This is Hog Planet. It's me, Sam Swagsta on Twitter. Wagstank. That's what it is. Not Swagsta. It's totally different. Forget I ever said that. Anyway, uh, as you may be able to tell by my awkward intro, I am doing the same thing that Dan did. I'm doing a straight-to-tape solo episode, basically about like what I've seen on the ground at the protests in D.C. These protests have been sparked by the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and honestly just the culmination of like centuries of rage that is well-placed and directed at the police, uh, which... I I hate the police. I've always disliked the police. Honestly, like seeing all this retribution against them is it's really satisfying for me, even as like a white person, even because I know that it's justified. I know that it's it's important that people get this out. It's it's been a long time coming. As as one person posted on Twitter, uh, Lennon once said that there are decades where we fuck around and weeks where we find out. This is definitely one of those weeks, and I mean, I hope this turns into longer than a weeks-long event. I hope this isn't, like, fading into the either, because I do think that this has some elements that are very different than what we've seen for other protests. I mean, not, not to knock any of those, but I feel like the energy around this, uh, not just on the ground, but also with what people are saying, the discourse around it, which I don't want to get into too much, but there's something very different now, I think, and I think it's very historic to cover I think it's important to do. Um, so, yeah, Dan, of course, did his spiel. He did like an hour 40 talking about what he had seen in Brooklyn, New York. Wonderful city. There's some statistic out there that like 25 percent of the people in the country have like some <laughs> family member or like ancestor who lived in Brooklyn at one time. Or other. I'm butchering it, so I'm going to move on. But it's just it's 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 an iconic place. I mean, let's be real. But, um, you know, this is going straight to tape. There's no edits to this. If I sound crazy, it's because I'm speaking to a mic in like the middle of the night by myself. I've literally like exiled myself in the living room to just put down an hour or whatever of what I've witnessed in the last few days. I think that it's a good way for us to cover these events, which are so visceral and so real to us. And also, I mean, this is the time of quarantine. If anyone's going to make a solo podcast track, it might as well be now. And we, we were doing the podcast before the quarantine, so we were grandfathered in, and our podcast is justified. But, you know, here I am just doing crazy stuff. We're in a crazy times. And um, I also feel like I need to do something equivalent to whenever Dan does something crazy, like, you know, when he did the Hillary commentary track, the, like, whatever that documentary on Hulu is called about Hillary Clinton, he just watched the whole four-hour spiel of it and did a commentary track on his own just for fun like he's a crazy man and i i feel like i need to match his energy so that's what i'm doing here now and uh you know that brings me to the question of like what is this i want to make sure that people realize i you know i want to piss off all the all like the the alt writers or whatever who would say that what i'm about to do is cucked or cringe or whatever nonsense internet word they want to use on me but i'm gonna check my privilege at the door like you guys know probably i am a white man i'm you know standing just fucking unchallenged on the top of the racial socioeconomic like fucking pyramid or totem pole whatever the metaphor is and i want to make sure that it's like it's you know it's crucial it's crucial context but it also kind of informs the way i've reacted to this because 
I do think people like me who are relatively privileged in society or, you know, at least racially and like gender wise, uh, you know, I'm pretty unchallenged. Um, I, I want to make sure that I recognize that and that it, it means that we should really put our lives on the line because, you know, this isn't a problem that like oof, black people didn't create this problem. White people and white men. And I mean, you know, people who created the country made it so that I would be the beneficiary of all this nonsense, even though I think it's abhorrent. And uh, I'm part of the system in many ways that I'm uncomfortable to, you know, with. And I think it's important that I, you know, it's people like us who should be laying our lives on the line. Um, this may seem dramatic. I mean, I, I don't think I was in any like real, like mortal danger at all in the last day and night of protesting that I've done. But uh, I don't know. It's crucial to note, even if I were to be prosecuted for being in one of these things, I'm definitely not going to say anything that would be something that anyone could use as evidence against me or anybody else because it's the antithesis of what I'm trying to do. Um, I mean, even if they did come for me, we just, we get off easier. Like I, there's been, there've been so many protests, like the Charlottesville protest where I guess, um, you know, people were, were found on like trumped up charges later. Even times people who just like had the shit beat out of them got trumped up charges because they were black. Whereas like white people that did way more heinous crimes documented got off easier and, you know, have the means to protect themselves and, you know, the kind of like that position in the, I guess in the hierarchy, but Either way, uh, checking the privilege at the door. And as you can probably hear, like podcasting, it's weird that I have a podcast. Like, it's not natural to me. Talking is, is very natural to me. Writing is very natural to me. So, I mean, I ended up taking notes for this relatively unscripted podcast because otherwise I would just be completely off the rails. You would have no interest in listening to it. But, um, but yeah, when Dan pitched this idea to me, I mean, we never really got into this, but the idea that I would just like do a podcast with Dan was so weird to me because like we're not experts. I'm not like a PhD or anything. We both have just kind of like average-ish office jobs in which have like their own special quirks. And you know, Dan and I are of course just consummate professionals in the in the workplace. But uh, but yeah, we're not like the kind of people that I don't know anyone's. We're not gonna be like expert witnesses on any kind of cases or anything like that. But um, <laughs> if you think that you know, me doing a podcast is weird. Doing one on my own, like without Dan to bounce off of, is just, it's just ridiculous to me. I mean, I do feel the need to do it because Dan like took it out on his own and did it. But you know, Dan works in like a, uh, in like a radio place. I work in a fucking regular law office. I'm not going to go into any more detail about that. Nice try. But you know, it's even though law is a place where you just basically spew words out into the either to advance your you know, whatever you're trying to get done, it's still like not that natural for me to just come on and like <laughs> yammer into the fucking microphone for an hour. It's weird. But um I, I do find some solace in the fact that people say that these are kind of easy to fall asleep to. I'm not sure that this episode will fall into that heading because it's pretty heady material. But uh but either way, I mean I, I think I'm doing okay so far. I took I did as I said, I took some notes to figure out what I would want to say. Not forget everything because my mind is definitely racing as the uh, both from what you see online or here and both what I've seen in person. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I think I'm here to document it. I was, I, I had the initial plan to just structure this really well and do what I usually do, which is like come up some exhaustive outline and then kind of push our way through it and try to hit a timeline. But you know, I, for this one, it is better to speak from, from the heart. And I mean, a little off the cuff, I, I don't want to say anything I'm going to regret later, but 
I, I think I've thought about it enough to avoid that and just really give something good and you know meaningful to all of you loyal listeners and i cannot thank you guys enough for bearing with us all through you know doing a podcast and rating us and stuff and all the nice things you say so thank you but uh but yeah so, so before i get started on the stories i have a couple topics i wanted to check in with um one of these things i've been seeing is you know you see a lot of times on like instagram or other things this this like adage to I guess, check in with, like, the black people, you know. These are, like, directed at white people. And this sentiment is obviously good. But I think a lot of times people, you know, and white people is what, who I'm referring to, my own people, go through this in such a weird way where they just kind of, like, out of the blue text or, you know, calls, like, one of the two black people they tangentially know through someone else and sort of, like, want to... I don't know, say like, oh, I'm, I know that this is awful and I'm, I'm here for you and I'm confronting my privilege and all this like, you know, kind of stuff you hear on NPR that doesn't really, I don't know, doesn't like mean that much in real life. Um, you know, I, one person I saw who was today, who was getting, there were points at which the parade, the protest was like blocking traffic. And um, I mean, I'll go into it. There were times where a lot of traffic was parked, was blocked. But there's this like one person who, this lady was really angry and it was a white woman as far as I can tell and she was in a car and she's like beeping and not in like a supportive way and she's kind of um she's like yelling out of the window at the people who are blocking her car and you know I'm, I'm one of these people <laughs> that's a crime I'm willing to cop to but uh either way I this lady was like yelling at the window she's like I support your cause so much and you know I donated but I need to get through and I was like well if you really supported the cause so much, you kind of understand what's going on here, right? Like people are literally blocking the street to make a statement because the only time people listen is when you disrupt, you know, traffic or, you know, in the case of a strike, you disrupt labor. Like you have to kind of like, you got to fuck with business as usual. So I know that you've got somewhere to be. I'm sure that like a lot of the people who were at this protest had somewhere to be, but they made time for this. You know, I'm not going to necessarily do the, like, you know, if you really believe with the cause, you'd be standing out here in the sun like me. But, like, I mean, I think that's kind of valid in a way. Why why should I listen to you? What makes you so special that you get to go through? Uh, you're kind of, I mean, especially since we've had this whole reckoning with, you know, um, with 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 Christopher Cooper and everything. Like, the the role of the Karen in upholding white supremacy, you know, white women who feel... Like their their womanhood is like a different race or something, and they don't pr confront the fact that they are also white and complicit in white supremacy, uh, even if they aren't like the top spot, like the white man or whatever. But um, but yeah, I I was just like, if you really supported this, you would really kind of understand why we're blocking your car. And um, I don't know, like there's just this vein of like liberal racism where people who do all this kind of NPR shit and like talk the way they talk and um you know, donate money. They think that that just like gets them off and they get to like continue with their lives as normal as if like they're not complicit in the system of white supremacy. When, you know, if you're white, you clearly are, you're at least a bene beneficiary of it. The best you try, like, you know, we're all born into this like fucked up system. It's just that some of us need to like realize that you need to like change it and like make a, you know, make a difference. But either way, um, that's not exactly what we're here to talk about, even though it's part of it. Um, you know, and I also, with this check-in with black women thing, like, this is very personal to me because uh, I, you know, 
my I've been with my part with my partner for six years. We're engaged. We're getting married like literally a week from today. It's super personal, but um, you know, sorry if I'm posting cringe here, but. It is like personal to me. Not not that it should only be personal to you if you have like a black family member or a partner or whatever, but it's like literally kind of my life. Like if I want to have kids, then I'm gonna have to like think about whether or not the police are gonna like decide to shoot them and stuff. Like it's definitely real there. And uh and I understand the sentiment of the initial thing I was talking about, those kind of Instagram posts like check in with black women, because you know, when I uh or black people, like whenever I see something like this happen, I'm just like, Okay, like I, I'm gonna need, you know, I prepare myself a little bit to be like understand that she's you know my my fiance my future wife is going to be like in like a headspace where you know it's just like a really tr- tough and trying time it's, it's kind of similar you know it's not the same thing at all but like being jewish if there's like some kind of you know i think recently that that nazi flag that someone unfurled at the bernie sanders rally you know bernie sanders doesn't get enough credit for being the first jewish presidential candidate to win a primary which he did in 2016 i mean he is like I do feel uh, a kinship with him, and you know, Danny, I've talked about how he's our kind of secular liberal Jew, but um, I don't know. At the end of the day, like that was something where my fiance knew to check in with me and be like, "That's so bad that you have to see something like that, especially when it's like with this historic candidate." And uh, it's just something that like it's part of being a good human, definitely. But I think there's a way to go about it. Like if you have something, you know hopefully if you're checking in with like black people, you know, it's because you like check in with them pretty regularly and not just about race. Like you check in with them cause you have like something in common with them. Like you watch the same show or you play the same video game where you've had like a good conversation. Like you check, like you're just, you know, the normal aspects of like actual friendship, like you treat them like a person, not like some kind of uh, obligation or some kind of, uh, you know, notch on your, on your sh- whatever chip on your shoulder. I don't know what the fuck the metaphors are, but you know, it's, it, they're not like something for you to brag about or some kind of thing that like you have to do something for because of anything other than the fact that like there's someone you care about. I, I don't know. Like people need to just treat one another like people. That, that seems like a really kind of like a bit of a platitude, but the people who are going overboard with like, you know, these ag- aggressive check-ins with people that they barely know and trying to like burden their or share their burden. It's just, it kind of makes you look like an idiot. I, I don't think like anyone is sitting around you know, black, any black person sitting around like, God, I wish like that one liberal woman I know from like my, you know, my friend's ex-girlfriend would check in with me about like race because people have been getting shot by police. Like, I don't think anyone's thinking that. So if you think that like, you know, someone's going to be genuinely happy that you check in with them about something that you have in common and something that's not just directly like I'm doing this because Instagram told me, then like, go ahead. But, uh, you know, otherwise maybe just lay off. But, uh, Either way, I mean, this kind of ties into, like, the whole is it okay to post content about protests? You know, Dan talked about this a lot in his post. You know, he's trying to make sense of things he saw. A man getting, you know, recovering from being tear gassed in, in, in a peaceful, what should be a peaceful protest. And I will also say, you know, Dan's in New York. I'm here in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. has a lot of protests. I'm going to go into this later, but people kind of know what the deal is. Like, the cops here kind of know that like this is a place where there are lots of protests you see protests all the time for you know sometimes they're like weird afro astroturfed things that um you know don't make any sense obviously but uh a lot of times they're genuine i mean i've been to tons of protests that i'll go into but uh 
But yeah, I mean, people here kind of know how to act. Like the police don't really act up that as much as like the NYPD is what I'm trying to say. Like the NYPD are really fucking crazy. They've always been like really fucking crazy. And um, the just what I can pull up on Twitter easily. Like I want to go through some of my, you know, this isn't a Twitter show, but I want to go through some of my posts that I've seen. Uh, not my posts, not things I posted, but things that other people posted that I liked. And like a lot of times, you know, it's stuff that like I've, I I've never seen before, even on the internet, and not seen in this country for you know my whole life probably. And uh, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it is okay to post content about protests, but there are definitely guidelines. I mean, one thing is when you're white posting about like a Black Lives Matter protest, you know, you got to have like a little bit of like self awareness that it's not like about you. It's about like the people who it affects. And uh, if at best we should be like allies or just honestly like body bags, like shields against the cops if it comes down to it. Because like I said earlier, like we're less likely to be prosecuted. They're probably going to go easier on us. Honestly, they'll be like, you look like my racist grandson or something. And, uh, you know, not like run you over like when you're faced with just like a sweaty, corpulent cop who, you know, honestly, like a lot of them are scared out of their wits. Not that that gives them any credit. I mean. If they're so scared, they can just quit. It's, it, you know, it's not like the best salary. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know why. There's some weird calculus going on in their heads where they think it's like okay to like put their lives on the line to defend a you know a fucking target or whatever. But um, I don't know where was I. Like, I think the, the guideline to follow is. Dan and I, we're not looking for like Pulitzers for our, you know, for our solo rambling episodes about like personal anecdotes largely. <laughs> like we situate them in this larger context, but at the end of the day, they really are just kind of personal anecdotes. It's like stuff we've seen. I mean, that's the only thing we can really speak to. And it's stuff we've seen as like like trying to be allies. I mean, the, the a white ally industrial complex is a is a cancer. Don't get me wrong. And that's not my f- that's not my turn. I learned that on the podcast Champagne Sharks, so I will give that podcast a lot of credit. But um, there is this like real kind of like the, the Instagram thing I was talking about, where there's this like huge energy around like getting white people to, I don't know, like not getting them to dismantle racism, but getting them to like just use different words about it and context and, and you know rationalize it differently or something. And uh, it, it's big on like playing up their role, which we do. We do have a role because this is a white people problem. Like white people are the ones killing black people like overwhelmingly here. And definitely with this issue with with, you know, police brutality. A lot of times, I mean, like in Minneapolis, it's like one of those cities where um, the vast majority of the cops don't live in the city. You know, they live in these like white flight suburbs. Uh, I used to live in New Orleans. New Orleans is definitely like that. Uh, There's a lot of like, you know, there are a lot of cops from inside the city, but there are also a lot of cops from like outside. You know, something that very famously came up in the uh, O.J. Simpson trial, how, you know, they or the sorry, the Rodney King trial that, you know, led to some of the tensions that uh, informed the O.J. Simpson trial. But with Rodney King, um, you know, a man who was there's footage of him being you know brutalized by police. He uh, most of the officers lived in like Simi, you know, they lived in like Simi Valley, not in like Los Angeles where it happened. And they ended up trying the officers who did it in Simi Valley with just like an audience of of cops, and a lot of them were just like you know white people policing black people uh, to break it down that badly, or you know at best it's suburban people policing urban people, like they're not in the community. So um, so either way, I don't know. It's it would be I think where I stand is that it would be kind of weird not to post about this. Like you know it's meltdown May, 
but society as a whole is kind of melting down like right in front of us it's crazy i mean we already had the coronavirus thing and uh i will say like lately it seems like people are done with coronavirus and uh there's like a couple ways about it there's obviously like the people who go to like the lake of the ozarks or you know Let's not make this a South and Midwest thing. I saw tons of people around gather around Georgetown over uh, Memorial Day weekend. I heard about people going sailing in like Annapolis and not distancing. I saw people on Instagram going to like Ta- Lake Tahoe. Um, you know, I saw pictures of Ocean City, Maryland, another DC area beach. And this is not like exclusive to the South. I mean, the, the North has this issue too. And we, we saw pictures during quarantine of like New Yorkers occupying parks, you know, at the height of the crisis i mean we're still kind of in the height of the crisis but either way i mean now there's another way to kind of be done with quarantine now you can go out and protest i mean this is the most i've kind of you know risked being around people definitely in a long time and it feels good but there's a little certain amount of trepidation about it um i do want to go into that but just going back to the idea of like is it okay to post content talk content about this like, you shouldn't be posting video. It's not about, like, self-aggrandizement, but it also is you shouldn't be posting videos where, like, people's faces are, like, really clearly seen unless there's, like, something super crucial that you need to document. I mean, I'm looking at um from two hours ago uh, on Jordan Ewell's Twitter, there is a video of NYPD just, like, driving into a barricade and, like, running people down. Like, if you have a video like that, I mean, that's crucial to see. Like, we need to see that. Uh, and a lot of the strengths of this of these protests um, have been the images that come out that show people that it's possible to, you know, do some real fucking damage. I mean, like, precincts being burned down and broken into. These are all insured government buildings. I mean, like, Target, insured. Like, even, I think Target in Minneapolis released a statement. They were like, I mean, we're, we're good for it. <laughs> they're like a massive like multinational retailer like this this gigantic company um they're trying to save face as best as they can because they want people to keep buying their shit if they were to like come out and be ridiculous you know it is a, a lot of protests unfortunately are amenable to capital but a key is i think to make it that and that's something i've seen a lot is like trying to make it something where it does get hit people in the pocket and um either way yeah it's, it you don't want to incriminate anybody you don't want to make it all about self-aggrandizement, but there is value to like documenting it. I mean, that's what I did in these last two days. I took lots of pictures. Uh, this is a historic moment. I'm not trying to like resell the photos or anything, but you know, it's something we lived through. And I'm like, I live right in the city in DC. I'm not in the suburbs anymore. Thank fucking God. Uh, it's worth being around people, even if there's like COVID going around, just to not have to live in like the anodyne, disgusting suburbs of whatever fucking virginia but uh, either way um yeah i've been trying to avoid a lot of the twitter discourse about it unless it's something that's like kind of useful I, I think i know where i stand on these issues uh it is useful to see updates see what people are doing see what's going on um i mean i'm gonna go through some of my updates that i've seen that i think are really cool um i'm looking at the brooklyn bridge being like shut down i mean shout out to brooklyn shout out dan obviously one of brooklyn's finest even though he's a recent He's a recent transplant. Uh, he's holding up the culture. I mean, he's out there in the streets. Dan was giving water to people and gloves, like you said, or Gatorade or whatever. Um, and then he walked into that homeless man. He's, uh, not, not to make fun of the homeless man. You have to listen to the episode to get the context before you can try to cancel me. It, it was a funny story. Either way, um, yeah, I mean, Brooklyn's being shut down. People are stuck in their cars. 
don't know. <laughs> I see all these videos like people stuck in their cars going through these like major, you know, urban downtowns. And I'm just like, what do you think was going to happen today? You're not getting you're not getting through. I mean, you need, and and that's the that's something we want to see. I mean, that's like the strength of a protest. It disrupts, you know, not in a Silicon Valley way, but it disrupts people's daily shit. Like they got to pay attention to these issues. This is crucial. There should be like a, a Silicon Valley app that disrupts police brutality or something. Not that Silicon Valley would make it, but like you know, there's an app that like scrambled, I don't know, their guns or brains or, you know, made them even fatter and dumber than they already are. That would be helpful to us. But uh, but yeah, I mean, within D.C., you know, I left the protest a while ago, but there are I mean, from like 30 minutes ago, people are saying that like. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute building has been like broken into, or or windows were broken. People were like are spray painting "fuck Reagan" and "Black Lives Matter" on the building, like just fucking great. Thick black smoke rising nearby. Like I'd love to hear it. I'm not threatened at all by this because, I mean, they're not. <laughs> Number one, if these people came into my neighbor, I live in Dupont Circle. It's like one of the most Tony fucking annoying neighbor. Like seeing your your shitty DuPont na- circle multi-millionaire neighbors running around with like no masks on and just will make your blood boil. Um, if they came up here, I I think the police would like die to protect us. That's dark. I don't know. I'm gonna get off this dark thing. I, either way, I, 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 I feel more kinship with the people who are like burning parts of like downtown DC or whatever, or, like, you know, breaking into these buildings. Cause like, fuck Ronald Reagan like they're they're not it's not random I, people act like looting they just like go berserk and start like this lord of flies thing um that's not the way it works like people looted target because target was like like is really tied to the minneapolis police police department it's based in that part of minnesota you know it's, it's not just like totally random obviously there's like some collateral damage but that's different that's not just people going nuts and like robbing their neighbors that's not what this is about and i don't know a, a lot of this is about like solidarity but um, but yeah, someone someone later on updated that that fire in D.C. is a vehicle. Who fucking cares? It's a car. It's property. It's insured. Like it doesn't matter. Get over it. Uh, it's on fire at 16th. Uh, I'm not gonna keep mentioning street names. Actually, 16th is a big road. You have no idea where it is uh, if I don't give you the cross street. So fuck off. I'm not giving any like really specific locations. Uh, I may mention like a street or like a location, but uh, you know, like the White House, <laughs> but <laughs> that's not exactly like incriminating. So either way, I mean, it's just great. Fuck Ronald Reagan. I'm sick of seeing hagiography hey of Ronald Reagan from like Democrats and you know the people who are like, oh, Obama should make a fucking statement with George W. Bush, like like the guy who did Katrina with the guy who was president during like Ferguson. Like, just fuck out of here. I don't want to hear that shit. No one wants to hear that. Here's another lady that sucks. Um, another politician, Amy Klobuchar, you know, just a hapless fucking primary candidate. Um, of course, she's been trying to pivot on these issues because she's looking for that VP spot. And I'd say that the, <laughs> I'd say that the uh, the George Floyd murder has fucked her, um, has fucked her aspirations for the VP spot, which she never have been cons- should have been considered for. She's such a She's just worthless. I mean, she has such a shitty history as a, as a DA and like, or some kind of prosecutor. I can't remember exactly. And uh, I don't know. She's just totally uninspiring. And it's good that I, I don't know. People are pulling up this tweet from her from like 2016 
um, where she mentioned that 21 police officers were injured in St. Paul during like a similar situation. She said, that's completely unacceptable. Justice can't be achieved through injustice. When like for like now even what's funny about these protests is like even like your most milk toast like lib family members are like they realize it's like not good to <laughs> criticize the rioters, which I don't think is. I mean, that seems like brand new. I, I It's shitty that like. I don't want to use the term like the Overton window, which is problematic because I don't know. It doesn't like fully describe uh, the the way things, uh, the way these systems work, but um, it is a shift. I don't know. I mean, like I, at least just anecdotally, again, I can only really report on what I've seen, what I've seen from what I've seen is that like a lot of like, like lawyers like uh, that I know are like posting about how like the riots are okay. I'm just like, I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen people react that way, but um Here's something else I haven't ever seen. There's this video. Uh, this is from 40 minutes ago. A guy in Se- downtown Salt Lake City, Utah, w- w- is getting like the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> I'm laughing because the video is so good and it's just like on loop in front of me. Um, he's pulling out like a bow and arrow. <laughs> like this dude is this dude is doing some Horizon Zero Dawn Aloy shit about to like. <laughs> Like, what, shoot a protester with a bow and arrow? This dude legitimately thinks he's living in, like, an action RPG. And he's exactly, like, okay, he's, I'm sorry to generalize, but he's, like, a white guy in Utah trying to use a bow and arrow on, like, young protesters. He's exactly what you think he looks like. He's fucking, like, gray-haired, just chubby, wearing, like, an ungodly black shirt and jeans. And he's, like, desperately trying to load the bow, which, like, you know, all these. I, I've been feeling a little like I'm dumb for not being a prepper. You know what I mean? Like the people who have like bunkers and like weapons and buy like dehydrated food because of COVID. I'm like, what if society really crumbles? I mean, we're looking at, you know, maybe society crumbling in the next few days. I'm here for it. But um, I've been thinking a little bit like, oh, I should become, I should have been like one of those prepper guys. You know, I should have like acres of land in fucking, I don't know, Montana or something. And like, a tunnel and then I can like survive and raise a, a, like a convoy of children or something after the apocalypse hits like some dumb shit. Like that I have no idea how to do because I've only ever lived in like the suburbs or like the city before. And um, I don't know. I'm vindicated because this guy, like he's got this fucking bow and arrow out, but like he's clearly like not able to use it. And <laughs> there's like so many people just beating this shit. Like j- as soon as he even begins to load it, people jump on him and are like, pounding him and like what did this guy think was gonna what he's gonna like shoot everyone at the protest with a bow and arrow the fuck is this like you this like i said this is not like an action rpg you can't like turn on the slowdown mode and then like once you get beat up you can't like take some kind of you know health potion or something and recover like shut the fuck up um i mean people are saying like if 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 salt lake city utah i mean like you I'm sure the city is, like, more progressive than the state, but Utah, like, one of the most solidly red states, you know, infamous for its uh, association with the Mormons, you know, a very conservative sect of Christianity. And um, there, there's someone who tipped over a police car. I'm seeing someone say that uh, a, a black woman activist was telling people to step away from the cop car. It was a cop car, damn that was flipped and it was flipped by a bunch of white people in Salt Lake city. I mean like what Utah, I'm so surprised there are so many white people there being crazy. But you know, as we said earlier, white people are like, they're really mad now. I mean, I'm mad, but um, you know, more normie white people than me, I guess. Not that I'm not like far away from being a normie, but uh, 
Either way, this lady's like avoiding culpability. She wants to make sure to, that uh, it, people know this was not her doing. I think that's totally legitimate for the reasons I described earlier. You know, they're not going to do the work to track down like whatever amount of white people in like Salt Lake City who did this. But you know, if there's someone with like a with a platform, like an activist, someone who is you know black, someone who's a woman, they're going to you know ta- target them because they assume that they're like honestly weaker victims that they can make an example out of and uh, discourage. And that's what that's what their goal is at the end of this. But it is cool. I mean, damage against police property fucking owns. Like I saw, I, I got to see some today, and it, it did my soul good. Not that I'm like having the time of my life with these protests. It's obviously very bitter, very grim. Honestly, like it's so fucked up that this issue, the police being able to kill with impunity and then getting slapped on the wrist, or you know, in the case of that fucking idiot in um, in Minneapolis getting arrested basically like for his own safety and. They always mince words in the convictions, and they're like, oh, he's guilty of, like, accidentally killing a guy by, like, killing him or, you know, choking him or something. Like, it's always so fucking brutal. I mean, but this is the only this is the only way. I mean, this is a good way to make yourself feel a little better. It's not like, like everyone should be doing this, but getting in – not that everyone should be on the streets, but, like, getting involved. I mean, there's plenty of administrative, like, desk work that you could do if you volunteer for, you know – your local activist or something like there's stuff you can do. It's kind of dumb when people are like, I don't even know where to start. It's something that like the, you know, the people sharing the Instagram post about check in with like the one black person, you know, or that's the kind of like thought process they have is just like, how can I make a difference? Like, well, how, I don't know, explore that. Like you can make a difference. There's ways to do it. And there are people who are like willing to hook you up with those opportunities. You just kind of have to be receptive to it and have like the chutzpah. But, uh, some other updates. Keanu Reeves is pro- protesting in Baltimore. I mean, very online to bring up Keanu Reeves, but uh, you know, it's cool. We like to see it. It's fun to get a little dopamine hit for hearing that, like the guy from I don't know the Matrix and like the John Wick movies agrees with you potentially about something. Um, you know, people outside of the U.S. Embassy in Berlin, even you know. Of course, the Germans love to grandstand. They love to be like, oh, the U.S. was so bad uh, to distract from the fact they did the Holocaust. But and in this case, they're right. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so, yeah, I think there's enough updates. Just kind of some of the weird and funny random things I've seen. But, uh, you know, something that I need to uh, get off the get off my chest, uh, something that is a disclaimer, you know, there's lots of contrarian people who are saying that, like, you know, oh my God, these gatherings are going to lead to COVID-19 spreading. And like, don't you, isn't this going to cost lives, even though it's about like lives or some kind of half-baked sophistry about, which is used to just explain, it's used by people who want to explain that they, you know, why they didn't go to a protest and why they're scared to like, (laughs) I don't know, give a shit about bad things happening right in front of them. But, um, yeah, it is crucial to mention that all of this is going on, and it's like something that's so remarkable about this. It's going on during the COVID nineteen protests, or sorry, it's going on during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Protests are going on during the pandemic. There's too many p words. What am I supposed to do here? I'm just like on my own podcasting. Another p word. I'm lost, folks. I mean, I would ask. This is when I would like throw it to Dan to ask him to help me. I can't do that. He's not here. He's offline today, which is good. I don't want him online right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, the thing with COVID-19 and the way it factors into this is that COVID-19 and its impact on the U.S. has definitely been racialized. Um, far more black people, like in higher numbers and higher proportions, are dying than white people. Um, 
And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's nothing, it's not like it, there's anything in the virus that would make it affect a black person more than a white person. Uh, black people have a lot of worse health outcomes in the U.S. because of structural racism. Um, you know, people in the healthcare industry will tell you that uh, a lot of times doctors are like, uh, black people don't need as much pain medication. You know, if they're complaining about some issue or some uncomfortable feeling, they're probably making it up, you know, how they be or something. Um, it's all fucked up. It's bad. And they treat them badly. And, you know, poverty is racialized. Uh, you know, people who are uninsured, uh, disproportionately black. I mean, and health insurance and I mean, health Healthcare in this country is fucked anyway, so why wouldn't it also be fucked on racial lines? Like this is a racist country. I mean, if you're, <laughs> if that's a good hill for you to climb, uh, getting into this discussion, then you know you got ways to go. Like we're gonna, this is gonna be a wild ride for you. Like structural racism exists to a big fucking degree in this country because we brought a shitload of people, uh, or not we, but you know, ancestors of many of us, unfortunately, um, brought over a ton of like black people from Africa that built the entire country. And that's the source of a lot of the wealth here. I mean, like you could say pretty much the vast majority of it. And if you, especially if you want to, you know, if you really want to dig into it, like it's not, you don't have to go that far to find a connection to slavery or, you know, if it's not exactly slavery, it's, you know, structural racism, even things like the new deal. Like uh, there was redlining that created a lot of like the kind of uh, the segregation codified it uh, in the North and places where, you know, People don't necessarily associate segregation with those places. But um, either way, moving on, um, the uncertainty of COVID is something that's like really interesting with this, with these protests, because, you know, I might have it. You might have it. Like, unless you've been tested like today, you, like, how do you know? You don't, you don't mind. You can be an asymptomatic carrier. Um, you know, even if you've had it once, you might be able to get it again. Like, there's no, we don't know yet. There's both a gap of, like, scientific knowledge and also a gap of, you know, coverage, which is, like I said, racialized. Um, like, coverage meaning healthcare, uh, which is ra racialized. Um, testing and, you know, the, the gaps there are unignorable. And a lot of the reasons for that are political, of course. I mean, if we, I would, I can't believe people say that, like, oh, Italy's proof that, like, single-payer healthcare wouldn't solve COVID. I mean, no one was saying it was going to solve it but it does make an improvement and like the complete crapshoot in the U S where nobody can take a fucking like week off without pay from work or else they like get kicked out of their apartment. Um, you know, nobody has paid sick leave and they have to like show up to work sick, um, spreading disease. I mean, it's a disaster on its own. You know, the flu kills like so many people in the U S uh, just, there's so many preventable things that people die from en masse because the U S has such shitty healthcare. So COVID's like that too. Um, but, you know, so when it comes down to, like, making the decision of should I go to a protest, even if I know that there's, like, tons of people there, there might be someone with a disease there, I might catch it. Um, I mean, who knows? I, I, that's kind of the same crapshoot you make going to the grocery store, right? Depending on which grocery store you go to. Um, I know that, like, the ones that are affordable don't have as many security precautions. Like, the, the, the most fucking solid grocery store in my neighborhood um, is this, like extremely expensive like exorbitant you know making like whole foods look cheap like organic place and they have i mean it's super clean in there but i i can't afford to shop there i mean i don't know it it's just too expensive i mean i don't think anything i think everything, everything there is pretty high quality but whatever i mean like you it, the, the decision of like how much risk you want to expose yourself to is a calculation and in my calculation i mean I we like we live in a failed state. 
We our police kill people. None of us know if we have this like deadly infectious disease. We have no like timeline for stopping it or you know developing a vaccine. We don't if if the vaccine was created, we have no idea who would be whether or you know enough people would be able to get it to prevent the spread. I mean, I think I probably should get myself tested if it's available, but you know, what if some real shit pops off the next day and I'm at another one of these uh at these protests? I mean, then I have to get tested the next day or something like and a lot of them are unreliable. Who knows? I mean, are they expensive? Like, I should be doing my due diligence on this totally, and I, I think I am going to look into this. But there's just so many obstacles. And even for someone like me with a really kind of easy life and a relatively large amount of access, you know, I have health insurance. Um, I'm healthy myself. I'm, like, young, um, in my 20s, you know. Uh, even for me, it's difficult to, like, figure these things out. And so I, I'm not into the game of, like, shaming anyone showing up to this for like you know COVID-19 or social distancing things you know everyone there vast majority of people there are like wearing masks they're trying to stay separate but then like when the cops like fucking push a barricade at you they you know there's not much you can really do like you got to protect yourselves and protect other people you know what's a bigger threat like the disease you might catch and die of or the police which are fucking like beating the shit out of and killing people um you know unchecked up to this point but also as a result of even these protests you know People are getting the shit beat out of them. Um, like, what's a bigger threat? It's a, it's a calculus that people need to make for themselves. And that's where I'm at on it. But, um, you know, the last thing I want to get into, before, or last two things I want to get into before I get into the stories. Um, I'm already at 40 minutes here, and I was roasting Dan about his podcast length. But um, white people at protests. I mean, we should be there. But for the reasons I explained before, you know, all the structural reasons. Uh, it's really not up to black people to end this. Um, I mean... They're doing, they've been doing like all they can under this system up to this point. There's no reason to like act like we should be the saviors or anything. But, um, but either way, like we said, we're less likely to be beat up by cops. We're less likely to be prosecuted. We're less likely to be killed. Um, having said that, we should not be like smoking weed at protests. Um, like I saw a couple of like white guys doing that. <clears throat> There's this kind of person who you see at these kind of things. Uh, you know, even if they're not smoking weed, sometimes they're, like, throwing things. You know, they're standing, like, all the way back. They're not up at the front at the barricades in front of, like, people with, like, fucking riot shields. And they're, like, throwing water bottles or some shit um, and posting it on the internet uh, with no consideration of, like, you know, are people in the shot who are going to be targeted? Like, it's just all about them. Um, you know, they're using it for their own goals or something. It's not, like, about the original thing that the protest is about, which is, like, police brutality against black people it becomes this thing of like oh this is actually about overthrowing the state man me and my like maoist third worldist fucking clan are about to seize power like we're just using this as cover man like the, the, we don't need any of that shit but you see these people doing this and like inciting violence or like you know being a little too lippy with the cops and not in like a cool defensive way just like trying to like draw names themselves or like the people like there's that guy in oakland apparently command commandeering like a backhoe i mean you know I, I just think it's like we should be deferring to black people on this one and shielding them from the police not like um i don't know not like making this about ourselves and i will say like at the protests both the previous night and the night and the, the one today there were people there was this expectation for the white people to kind of like protect black people I, I outside of the trump international hotel this lady got up and she had a big like by any means sign and she just like kind of stridently walked up um and was like standing between two cops 
and someone like yelled out like someone needs to protect her someone needs to protect her and a bunch of like you know a bunch of like black block people honestly like like white people wearing like all black and the black bandanas like anti-fa flags like ran up and protected her and i was like damn like the expectations were different at this one but uh i, I guess that's like kind of a good segue there i, I don't want to like make this also there's this like weird thing that people do about making every political outrage about trump um we've been really clear on the show you know on hog planet about like even though trump is obviously a hog he's like we did a big episode on him. He's one of the biggest cretins possible. And he's such like a he's such a weird like mirror image of what the soul of this country is. I mean, the dark soul or whatever. I'm getting kind of esoteric there. But um, you know, like I get the urge to do it to a degree, but um like I said, he's more of a symptom than a cause, even though he does cause bad things. I mean, like Obviously, there was, like, that infamous tweet where he was talking about, like, sending the National Guard in and shooting people who were looting and, like, whatever. Like, he's a fucking psychopath, um, you know. But the real villain is the – is it him or is it, like, really, like, the state being able to, like, do that, to, like, kill people with impunity, you know? It's, it's very bad because he's just in control of this, like, uncontrollable leviathan, which is just, like, the U.S. police force, which is – you know, a lot of things have led to where it's at, like, the increased militarization – and, um, and, you know, just decades of, like, tough-on-crime legislation. There's a lot of reasons for where, why, they're, why they are where they're at. But, um, but like, making this all about Trump is kind of, I don't know. And, and like, I will say anecdotally, a lot of people who start, like, Trump-themed tr- chants are, like, white people. So, I don't know. Take that for what you will. But at right, long last 45 fucking minutes into this, I'm going to get into my stories of the different protests. Um, I didn't really take notes or anything. I just... Um, I took a lot of pictures when I was there and there's, it's not, like I said earlier, it's not good to like share these because who knows if there's like someone in the foreground, um, they might get identified. Who knows? Like the state has been looking at social media a lot more. Um, I can tell you from the immigration standpoint, there've been a lot of, uh, a lot of accounts saying that immigrants were being asked for their kind of, for their social media, you know, information and like profiles that people could like, troll through them it's, it's really crucial like maintain a little plausible deni- deniability you know what we call in the legal industry uh plausible deniability about your online persona if you happen to have one um especially if you're trying to have like some kind of uh, shitty corporate job like the one i have but uh either way so looking through my photos and i got some photos of like the white house leading up um this is like in the evening uh uh, the night before today i'm not gonna again plausible deniability i'm not gonna tell you exactly when these occurred because fuck off if you're a cop listening to this fuck off like that's the whole theme of this fucking podcast if you didn't get it already you suck ass i hate you i don't care if you're like anyone's relative like just you can quit your job and never do police again and then maybe begin to rebuild your fucking life um you know i think there are all these like fucking awful statistics like 40 percent of uh Households with police have, like, domestic violence. You know, I don't feel need, the need to mince words with them. Uh, you know, and that's, like, that's also the only, only des- domestic violence we know about. So I'm sure the number's higher. If, if it's, like, one in two cops as, a, like, a wife beater, I don't give a shit about slander, slandering them as a class or whatever. Um, of course, like, doing – I think they fall under the heading of um, – I think in Louisiana, if you kill a cop – it's considered like a hate crime. Like if you kill a cop for the reason that he's a cop, it's considered a hate crime. Some fucking blue lives matter shit. Just atrocious. But yeah, so we're walking up to the white house. Um, 
people i noticed like right away people are like climbing on top of a lot of the stuff in lafayette park this is on the north lawn of the fucking a north lawn of the white house is okay to mention like it's a big fucking lawn there's a lot of people it's like very common protest place i'm not incriminating anyone i promise especially not myself but um yeah people are climbing up and people you know i've been to a lot of protests in dc um some of the other ones i've been to that i should mention i mean i've been to the philando keth Steele protest after he was killed um so another black lives matter you know oriented program pro- <clears throat> protest I've been to. I've, I was at the Women's March, the infamous Women's March, when you know when Trump was first inaugurated. Um, like my whole, like I had family members come through. I put up a bunch of people in my apartment. Um, this, was, I mean, I don't know. There's, it was very easy to tell the difference between that and this. I mean, that was like a lot of people peacefully, like aggressively peacefully, like normies coming out and saying like we don't like this. Uh, and Trump was so like abhorrent that. It's not like uncontroversial to criticize him, which is something that's good, but it, it kind of beguiles the fact that like it's not exactly revolutionary to dislike Donald Trump. Like it's kind of normal. You know, a lot of the Republicans, even though they vote alongside him, I don't think they like like him particularly or his personality. I've, obviously, a lot of them do and think he's like this cool alpha dude. But I don't know. Let's be real here. Um, another one I went to, I, I, another Trump one. I marched against the uh, the original executive order, like the Muslim ban from like. It seems like ancient history, but again, like January 2016, and um, yeah, people thought that was the worst it could get, and of course, the Muslim ban was upheld by the Supreme Court, and is literally the law of the land right now. It's fucking insane. Uh, I went to the No War in Venezuela protests. Um, I'm not going to tell you when. Uh, I just did that at one time or other. Maybe twice. What the fuck if you know? These are my convictions. You should not be invading. I lived through the Iraq War, even though I was a kid. Don't go invading random ass countries, like especially big ass mountainous ones. Like you're gonna get your ass beat. You can, you can't take on the Venezuelans. They're tough. I don't know. Like and and especially Latin America, people are always trying to like like the U.S. is always thinking that like all these people are just gonna uh, like be like oh good the U.S. is here they're here to save us. It's like have you seen our track record in in Latin America? It's awful, awful. I don't know. Uh, I was at Unite the Right two. You know, Unite the Right one. Actually, I was also at that. Um, in Charlottesville, when Heather Hare was killed, uh, I think that was in the timeline where we discussed it on the show. But uh, they had Unite the Right Two, uh, the sequel in like DC, <laughs> and there were like twelve people. It was comical, honestly. There were like twelve people there, and uh, they were just flanked by literally like fucking thousands of police because that's what police do here. They protect, you know, property. They protect capital, and of course, all those right wing weirdos are. It's not conspiracy theories to say that they're funded by dark money groups that you know are headed by weird billionaires and shit. But um, but yeah, so I, I've been to that. That that was honestly hilarious. They, a couple of them were like literally hiding behind the American flag on like live TV. <laughs> oh man, like they were just so. And that was actually you know that one wasn't bad. I don't want to knock it because like all the normies there. Were, I saw a ton of normies there, and then like people with like PSL flags. And uh, this one like o- like older liberal man was like are you here to like cause a, tr- a problem? And the guy was like, I'm not here to be- cause a problem. I'm here to defend you in case something pops off. I'm here just in case. And I'm the- they like had it out. Like it was actually kind of heartwarming. I-, I was, I was here for it. But um, either way, like I- my point in this is that I kind of have my protest, like tactics kind of down. I got like, I have apparel, like, you know, not like tactical gear or anything, but I got my abolished ice shirt. Uh, I wear good shoes, you know, bring some water. I didn't ride my bike. Um, which factors into some of my stories. Um, I, I mean, in biking, you also have a good reason to wear a helmet, which can come in handy. I mean, 
you know, you know how police be. Um, but I don't, you know, this isn't to like say that I'm this kind of crazy anti far like activist guy. I don't think there's anything wrong with those people. I think those people are like fucking cool. Uh, I, I, you know, maybe if I was like a different uh, person, I would, or maybe I may yet become one of those people who fucking knows, you know, we're in a really like kind of crazy right now or crazy, crazy time right now. And uh, Dan and I are pretty open about the fact that we're not activists, um, but we're not trying to use that to like deflect criticism. You know, <laughs> we're not Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> Hannah Gadsby, just this, just the, uh, you probably know her, the atrocious like post comedian or whatever. Um, she's like a, you know, this woman from Australia who's very out about being like a lesbian and being like autistic and basically kind of like you know not to get like alt righty here that's not uh, we've done episodes on nanette i mean we may do one on her new special douglas i, I watched that so that's kind of i mean i've watched her big material i don't know about her previous work or whatever but um but yeah I, i've seen it enough to like have a critique on it that's nuanced and not just like i don't like oh, i'm a triggered man who doesn't like a lesbian or something um but a lot of like the stuff she brings up is just, like endless and both of like the way she's she's like this is comedy but it's not comedy and like all this shit it's just kind of like deflecting criticism it's like when uh, a famous example of course is like john stewart on the daily show doing this like political comedy show talking endlessly about how like i'm just a comedian like anytime he's like criticized or like asked to take a position he's like i'm just a comedian i'm just a satirist like okay i mean you have like le- the absence of an ideology is still an ideology is what i'm trying to say like and it's it's just a cop out to like hide behind those things so you know, Dan and I would never hide. If we try, to, if we're trying to be like informative and we're wrong, and someone points it out, we're just gonna issue a correction and say like, "Okay, we fucked up. Sorry." I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> just take the L. Uh, crucial skill: taking the L. Um, something that uh, Hannah Gasby will never do. But even though she is like a walking L, um, not because she's a lesbian, like a loss. That's that's young hip term for loss. Taking the L means like you lost, you got owned, um, you came up uh, short in whatever struggle. So, finally, to the uh, night of the protest. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm not putting a date on this. I'm not trying to identify anyone. I'm the only character here besides Dan. Um, so, yeah, I, I discussed um, the timbre was just different. So, after we, after this, the pictures I have of Lafayette Square, we moved, um, we started walking down towards the Capitol. I'm not going to tell you the route. And uh, this was because people are saying, I'm not sure how true this is, but they were saying that like um, they were blocking off, trying to block off people from leaving, um, trying to like box in the protest. So people are trying to move it along. But I will say that like under the Trump administration, I think previously it's been like kind of open to like go on the, the there's a walkway behind the, um, you know, it's like there's, there's Lafayette Park and then there's like a walkway where you can walk around behind on behind the north lawn of the white house and that's traditionally where you see like tons of protesters um i remember the first time i visited it was like a like, second grade and just being blown away by seeing like people just openly protesting i mean there's like every day is a different one um you know my office is like not too far from there so i like, walk down sometimes or take a jog to see like what people are you know protesting it's kind of cool but um but yeah so trump has like always kind of like cordoned that off honestly like it's rare to be able to go through it these days um because probably you know trump's brain is like why should i have people like yelling at me (laughs) i'm the president i don't need to deal with this shit but um but yeah and i will say like i like today when i went down lafayette park entirely was just closed off 
Like you couldn't go in there at all because you know, uh, I'm going to get into this, but people are, these people are scared. Like the cops, they're not tough. <laughs> they're really doughy. They have like, uh, like some of them are like, you see pictures of them like crying. They're sweaty. They're uncomfortable. You know, they don't want to be out there. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe not all of them. I, I, I'm sure plenty of them like take a lot of fucking joy in what they're doing here. But a lot of them, I'm just like, go home. Like, take a fucking day. Take the day off. Like, call in sick. Like, I, why do you have to be out here, like, risking your lives for, like, capital and property and, like, the state? The stupidest fucking abstractions possible. Like, it, it, get the fuck out of there. But, so, yeah, we uh, more of the story. We, we walked down. Um, we're walking away from the, cap, from the White House now. I'm looking through my pictures. Yeah, we're going down. We take a turn south. Um, you can start to see like the wall, you know, heading towards like the mall a little bit, but then turning off to walk directly towards the Capitol. This is where we walked past the, uh, the Trump international to- hotel, which honestly, one of my pet peeves is that it's like one of the most, you know, DC's not like, uh, New York or Boston or like Los Angeles or, uh, I don't know, other cities where like they have a big skyline. Like DC doesn't really have a skyline. It has the Washington monument, which is, you know, this massive, uh, this massive erection like going up into the sky, but it's like really the only tall thing. It's not even that tall itself. All the other buildings are like 13 stories, but you can very clearly, like when you're driving into DC from like Virginia, um, you can see clearly the Trump hotel. <laughs> it's amazing. Like you can see the, like, like the Lincoln monument and you can see like the, you know, a little bit of the Capitol. And of course you can see, you know, the Washington Memorial, like the Jefferson, and then, like, the, there's this ugly-looking, like, clock, like, fucking McMansion-ass clock tower thing. And that's the Trump International Hotel in D.C. It's so funny. But, yeah, this is where I, um, you know, the, the anecdote I described earlier of the woman with the by any means necessary sign and the people protecting her happened. Um, this was also where I started to see that the cops were kind of scrambling. Like, they were struggling to keep up. These were spontaneous protests, I mean, as far as I know. A lot of times in D.C., it's, like, they announce them, you know, really far in advance and they get permits and it's, you know, not just like shit on anyone, but sometimes people have said it's a bit of like a bit of a parade instead of like a protest. I mean, a protest with permission, you know, it's kind of ridiculous if you're out here saying like whose streets are streets and you like had to clear it with like the MPD, you know, or the MDPD and like you know, fucking months ago. But uh, whatever. I'm not an organizer, so I don't want to shit on them. Um, so, yeah, this is like around sunset, you know, a lot of just so many different kinds of people out. People wearing masks, of course. Like there's a, a lot of people. Like I heard a lot of concerns about social distancing um, from people on the ground, and that was that was cool. Even though like there's you know people are trying to like rush up to buildings and like make a presence, they were still you know respecting one another. You could always get out of the if it's, if like you know once once too many people started filling in you know that night I was I was just kind of like jetting. Uh, <laughs> gotta have a hilarious photo here of like one of there's a million rat traps outside of the U.S. Capitol. Uh, rats in DC. I mean, it's not like New York, but it's pretty fucking bad. You see them all the time, especially walking at night. But, um, all right. So yeah, coming up around the Capitol, like I could tell like the cops didn't know which entrance. Cause there's a lot of ways to get into the Capitol, um, which are like the grounds and get up to the steps. Um, there's, you know, front and back and there's a lot of entry points. So the cops were kind of trying to guess, I guess, where people, the most people are going to come in. And they seemed like understaffed because I kept seeing, like I slipped in at one point and I kept seeing cops like running which <laughs> is fucking funny because you, you can't help but yell like sweet <laughs> like when you see when you see the piggies running um and then, you know a lot of these people like 
they're not fighters. Like they don't. I mean, they do bad things because they have like weapons and shit. But they're not tough on their own. And so yeah, they're kind of running around. And you know, I'm on my, on my bike, so I was kind of always like towards the front of the group, like kind of sc- seeing what people, what was you know, seeing what people were doing, and uh, seeing a lot of the barricades being pr- pr- you know put up. But uh, but yeah, either way. So this kind of I I, I peeled off after like it got to the cat. It, it basically got as close as they could to the steps of the Capitol. Um, you know dc on like the east side of the building i think um actually forget it now i don't remember um sorry do not recall which side of (laughs) which side of the capital i was on but uh but yeah so i peeled off after that i mean honestly like the like uh, some of the things i want to mention like the timbre of the uh, of what people were saying uh as well as like what you know tone and the words they were using was just different a lot of personal attacks against the cops like what the fuck are you doing over there like you don't get paid enough to do this um yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I saw a couple of white people like yelling at like black cops and being like, "You've chosen your job over your people." I was like, I, I wasn't gonna like do any of that. Um, there's plenty of things you can like make fun of people that's not their race because I mean technically you kind of are making fun of them for their race there. Not that we need to mince words with cops though. I mean I don't know who, who fucking knows. Like they probably just <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> going on to things that white people can talk about without criticism. Um, yeah, there's like I said just. People were trying to rush the gates. The cops just seemed kind of like unable to keep up, and um, they looked weak. They just looked like fucking pathetic. Honestly, like they were getting shit on. They all had this kind of like I don't know, like blank or just delirious looks on their face. (laughs) Oops, I'm not a professional. I drink water on the mic, but um. Yeah, they just—it was funny, honestly. Like part of it was just funny, especially when they like really try to pick up the pace, or you know, try to be like, "Hey, man, can can you not like, can you get back from the bar? Like, you're up against a lot of people. Like, isn't this like what you kind of signed up for? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like the Capitol Police, because Cap uh, the the U.S. Capitol has its own police force. Um. I guess maybe they're not trained for this or something, but it, like I said, it does kind of happen. Right? Like DC is not alien to protests, but uh, either way, the th- that one wasn't like too eventful. Um, I, I think like later that night, a lot of crazy shit happened. A lot like there was you know, the treasury had windows broken, and like oh god, there, there's some Fox News dipshit just shouted out of like the Lafayette uh, Park outside of the, the White House. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen people say like the governed have withdrawn consent and I got that sense that night. And, and that's when I also started looking at like other cities like Louisville and, um, oh my God, like Atlanta, the, the awful child, like, who's like, <laughs> there were like four kids in like riot gear outside of like Lenox mall in Atlanta. Just so fucking weird. I, I like there's, they're really scrambling. The police look so fucking weak. I mean, of course, it contrasts that with New York, where there's just so many fucking cops because the NYPD's budget is literally six billion dollars. I mean, that's like you know, there's exceptions to this, unfortunately. And like, God, there are like videos of the you know LAPD running people down in cars, um, you know. But I, I mean, like I said, just sticking with DC, I, I it's rare you see people. I saw a video later that night of people fighting over the barricade barricades at the White House, like. You know, going back to the story about Unite the Right too, like, a lot of the people at these protests are, like, I mean, some of the protests are fucking, uh, there was one protest I went to, uh, it was, like, against, it was, like, a protest against, like, 
Trump Putin. <laughs> it was all like the Russiagate people there. And like you literally saw like a, like lawyers and like older middle class people being like, do not disrupt our trade with like the China. Like, ugh. Just fucking like people who would like otherwise have no problem with Trump except for, like these minor policy issues. <laughs> like they're not upset with like the general scheme of the system. They're just like, if he could make a few tweaks for us, that would be great. So we're going to like have a very pol- polite protest on the North Lawn. <laughs> yeah, those are funny. But this this was very different. Like people were really fired up and not just, um, I don't know, not just like the usual suspects, like, you know, not just like the Antifa people or like people with like bandanas and, you know. People who like look there like they're ready to tussle. I mean, it was like average ass like normie people. I mean, to stop. I don't want to keep using that word because it applies to me too. I mean, I'm one of these people. Like I'm, like I have like I said, just a very average corporate job. Like, but I'm just I just feel very compelled to to deal with to be part of this. I mean, I don't know. So that that's all I wanted to say about that night because I just kind of went home after that and was blown away by everything I was seeing on the internet. But um. Oh, my God. I'm looking at this guy in Louisville just completely fucking, like, batting back a tear gas canister. Just a perfect, like, uh, Hassan uh, Piker on Twitter saying he's the absolute Sekiro parry god. <laughs> so funny. But um, but also more fucked up stuff. I mean, like, police firing, like, pepper bullets, pepper spray and bullets, uh, you know, rubber bullets or whatever at, like, NBC affiliate news crews and, like, ugh. I don't know. Just crazy stuff. Of course, like the the aforementioned guy who com- hotwired a, like a backhoe and was like driving around in Oakland. Like that's when I kind of realized like there's like more going on. And I'm, normally with a protest, it's like one, you go to one and then you're like, all right, next day it goes back to normal. This is like sustained. I mean, this is going, especially in, like I said in DC, you know, it's usually just like one day and then they got to file their permits again. But like, to, you know, multiple days, you know, and, and they're still going on now as I record this. But, uh, yeah, at this point in the timeline, Dan, of course, records his his take after I'd, like, gone to sleep. I mean, I'm not, like, an, Dan made it sound like I'd go to bed at, like, 9 p.m. at night. Like, I I, went, I was bed, in bed at, like, 3, and he messages me, like, fucking, like, 3.40, like, hey, want to record a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, shout out to Dan for doing that. That's brave. And it, and it compelled me to do this. And I think so far this has been, you know, pretty fun and informative. I def- It's definitely cathartic for me to get this out. Um it's I mean, all right. I didn't want to call it like totally fun because it's about a grave topic. But, you know, it, these are historic times. This is crazy stuff. So. So whatever. I, I woke up and I was starting to look look around and I started to see more, uh, you know, on 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 social media, people talking about upcoming um, upcoming protests. I saw a car caravan organized by Black Lives Matter, D.C., and I saw people saying they're going to organize, like the you know, gather at the National Archives, and I just had a sense of like, well, I mean, here we go again. Like, you know, the night before, I was, I had the concerns about the COVID thing, and you know, I wasn't sure how serious it was going to be. You know, is this going to be another like parade kind of march? You know, not that I'm trying to knock those, but uh, but no, I was just like, wow. I mean, this is still going on, and like seeing all the damage, I just I felt compelled to go down again. And I mean, I will clarify also the last two da- two days, you know. This is a really fucking, like, maybe useless observation, but it's really nice out in D.C. Uh, we're getting a little bit of that swampy heat now, but uh, just in general, like, sunny, you know, partly cloudy, like, a little bit of, um, you know, cl- occasional cloud cover, and uh, just good ride- good bike riding weather. So, I mean, you know, why not ride my bike around my city? I, I pay taxes here. I live here. I've got a lease and everything. 
you know, I'm within my rights to bike around. And if I happen to, you know, get into it with some cops, then uh, it is what it is. So, yeah. God, so yeah, I'm looking at Dan's episode. He has some real highlights in there, honestly. Um, I love when he said about, like, cops or pigs, you know, related to Hog Planet because they're just, they're not satiated. They're just fully fucking, like, insatiable for, they have this appetite for cruelty, you know, human cruelty. So, good shit. I mean, shout out to Dan. Again, for, like, the ninth time. Uh, got some useless screenshots I need to scroll through before I can get back to, like, the narrative. But, uh... Either way, so I, this time I showed up again, and uh, again at the White House, I saw that the saw the white like the like Lafayette Square was just totally like cordoned off. So I was like, all right, maybe nothing's like gonna happen. But uh, I rode around, and like another one of the kind of entrances to that part of the White House, not being specific, I saw <clears throat> like this got my attention. I saw a big like like a Secret Service van with the fucking windshield entirely smashed in. Uh, like unbelievable to me you know i have beef with the secret service this is something oh my god this is getting it's like super problematic territory please god do not send me to jail but like don't okay you're not allowed to say anything i did because i didn't do anything so you can't like say it's premeditated guys any you know any officers listening to this you're not allowed to do that but like when i was eight years old (laughs) I think, like, real heads who listen to this show will remember that, like, the Secret Service, when I, like, visited the White House for the first time in my life, just, like, the fucking cutest, wide-eyed little, like, kid ever. I was an adorable child. You don't know this unless you see my pictures. Like, I walk in, and I'm wearing these, like, Timberland steel-toed boots, and um, I guess I didn't, they set off the metal detector. This is, like, back when you, this is before 9-11, so you can still tour the White House, and, um, they like set it off and they couldn't tell they like wandered me down a little bit and they couldn't tell where it was coming from so the next thing i know they like slammed me against the wall and they're like going up and down with the fucking like metal detector wand trying to find like if i have like a like i'm eight like i don't have any like weapons on me i i I don't know so i've always had kind of a beef with them uh you know not like i've done anything about it really like at all ever but I just don't I, I don't bang with them. I don't like them. They just, you know, they did that thing to me when I was a kid. It made an impression. And I've had other, you know, okay, also there's the Hillary Clinton story where, like, I wanted to get, like, a signature from her when I was, like, seven years old and, like, an unsufferable lib, I guess, for some reason. And um, it was, like, when she was, like, running for Senate in, like, New York or something. And I saw her, like, a county fair in upstate New York and, uh, like, ran up to get her autograph. And, the next, and like, the, the Secret Service were, like, setting up a barrier so they just like ran that shit into me i again i was like a small child but you know they don't give a shit and and, like if i with like a cherubic little child could you know little white child could have that kind of like experience imagine what like someone they see is undesirable you know like a black person imagine what they go through i mean i can't um it's crazy to me to think about that but so yeah, lots of I, like I said, just it's it was wild, and then I get up closer to these. Um, so I I kind of get off my bike and I walked up to these like cars, and there are a couple of them, they're like three trucks, and all their tires were flat. Uh, one of them like the windshield was totally smashed in. People were standing on top of it, like stomping on it, and like there's fucking like the the roof was like all caved in and stuff. Just cool. It was so cool. So I found out basically that they like pushed their way. They managed to get past like a barricade and like push the 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 um. Secret Service back, and they're all wearing like, I, I you know I got up on top, 
Um, I got to see over all the people that I that there were um a ton of people in riot shields, like the Secret Service in riot shields, uh, staring down this crowd. A lot of this crowd is like teenagers, I will say, also, or like people in their twenties. Like it's young people. People are no one's in like tactical gear. Most of them have signs. Um, but either way, uh, the coolest next thing I saw this guy was who was on top of the car, and he and he was black. So I'm not saying that to identify him or get him in trouble. Like there are a lot of black people in DC, um, but he's it's like oh you know if a white person had done this, I would have been like you're doing too much. But because you know this is like about his life. He's willing to, you know, do what he needs, like, by any means. And uh, this dude did this, like, fucking Yoshi-style, like, butt slam <laughs> and destroy the windshield. Like, the, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just fucking awesome. I loved it. Um, and I'm not going to describe where this happened or what car. I'm not going to say, I, I, you know, I gave a very general description of the guy, but I, it's nothing you can go on. So, again, all police listen to this find another podcast where people are giving more uh giving more details i'm being this i'm keeping this very general you know there are a lot of people at these and there's no way they can take all of us they can only do this if they single us out and i'm not allowing that happen so you know i've got more photos of the the show the kind of showdown with the police but at one point people ran and um that's when i kind of was like all right like (laughs) Uh, it was like a moment of reckoning for me where I was like, I need to like grow a pair here. And so I kind of pushed to the front, which I, I like I said, I've been kind of, you know, I locked up the bike and um, I, I went up to the front to try to like, you know, like if they, you know, I'm the big guy, number one, I'm like six, four, you know, you guys may probably not do not know what I look like, or if you do, then you know what I look like and you know what I'm talking about. So uh, anyway, um, I went up to the, to the front kind of to, because like like the thing i noticed when i got to the front was that like every person there was like a chain of like these tiny women like uh you know not to, not to like throw men under the bus here but i was kind of like why aren't like big dudes up here so i don't know i just felt compelled i got up and i mean it was really instructive because you get to see like the looks in some of these people's faces i mean they're sweaty as fuck uh i think at that point they'd already used get like some uh some pepper spray on some people uh, and so some, a lot of them, like, their eyes were watering and, like, you know, they're trying not to make maintain eye contact with anyone. Every time you, like, got into a staring contest with any of them or any time they were getting, like, yelled at by some woman, like, half their size, they would kind of – they just, like, wouldn't make eye contact. They would, like, look away. I mean, I'm sure they're, like, looking for anyone who's about to do some shit, but I don't know. It, it was funny. It was actually maybe more of a sign of weakness when they looked you in the eyes because they could never meet your gaze for real. Their convictions aren't as strong as ours. And – um and yeah, they just had like this big, like fucking, you know. All right, I'm not trying to use any gendered slurs, but like, they had this, like big pussy energy. Like they were just so fucking pathetic. So, I don't know. There's a funny story about my bike, but I don't want to tell it. <laughs> it's a little incriminating. Uh, anyway, um, the, yeah, there. So there were like some scuff. I mean, I observed some scuffles at this point, and eventually, like they kind of. They reestablished like their little perimeter. The the honestly the funniest part was when they find like they, the, apparently all they were doing with this push, again all they do is protect property. Um, the the only reason that they were like pushing people and like spraying them. This is so fucking stupid to say, but it's definitely true. Was so that they could because they admitted it afterwards. They were like, we're just trying to get our trucks back. Like the three ones that I saw, they were all fucked up. 
Um, and they literally got in them and started driving them with like the flat tires. Like you could hear them, you know, rolling away. Like, <laughs> it was so good. Honestly, whole, I don't want to have this much levity on a podcast about this topic, but it was so fucking funny watching them pu- like just move these like fucking battered hulks of vehicles away. I mean, these are like the things that they use to, you know, like I said, I, I'm looking at the, you know, thank God they're not the fucking NYPD, but like. The NYPD are using these to like run people down. LAPD is doing that. I mean, this is like a tool of their oppression. Uh, it's one of the things because I said these they are all doughy little weirdos who got you know a job that pays a salary. It's not even a good one. So they're not like tough. They're they, I mean, a lot of them are not like tough. Even if they're vicious and shitty and they have gear, a lot of them are just shitheads. Like they just suck ass. And um and yeah, so they so they got their trucks back and then they like encourage people to move. But by that time, the protests had already. Just started shuffling down, um, going south again. Not giving any descriptions. I don't even want to give names anymore. Unless it's like, okay, so like, yeah, we went down Constitution Ave. Like again, it's a fucking big avenue. Uh, it's not illegal to do that. And yeah, went down that for a long time. I mean, this at this point, I'm on the I'm in the bike vanguard. Like I said before, <laughs> I'm like riding up. Uh, it's me and like like tons of people on those like goofy electric scooters, which I've never seen them. Commandeer. And these people got some fucking mileage out of these scooters. I was, it was honestly impressive. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of bike people, there were like a lot of kids doing fucking cool, like bike tricks and stuff like popping wheelies. Just, I mean, just a genuine, like out showing off of the people. And basically every intersection that we passed, people were like beeping, except for like the one, you know, the Karen I described earlier, who was, uh, you know, saying like, I donate to this cause. Why won't you let me through? Please. Like, besides her, everyone else was like beeping. And like a lot of people actually showed up. Like the car- this is where we saw, uh, I think, some of the people from the, you know, the car protest that I mentioned earlier that was being organized that I'd seen on Instagram. It was like seeing like the cavalry come in a little bit. Like, uh, <laughs> God, this is so bad. But uh, you remember in like the the third Lord of the Rings movie when like the Rohan the Rohirrim come with like their horses and like you know run over or orcs and like minister. All right, I sound like a fucking idiot. I'm gonna stop. Um, either way, this is this is just cool shit. Honestly, like just so it, like people were just exuberant. I mean, people were like it was people were celebrating a little bit. It was like very empowering to see that you could like block off traffic. And when people, you know, when people in traffic got mad and a lot of people got mad and a lot of people were stuck in traffic today in downtown DC, they, you know, for a lot of people they were just like, "Okay, I'm down with this." And for a lot of people, you know, this is their time where they realize that shit's getting real. I mean, this is their time when they should like be noticing this stuff. And so yeah, the next turn that um and again, these are like really general roads, so I don't think it's like okay. I don't think it's like bad to mention the the parade or the protest like route. Um, you know, sometimes I say parade instead of protest because I lived in New Orleans and like New Orleans has a ton of parades, and the parade route is like a really common phrase you use down there. Like not just in Mardi Gras, there's always I used to call it some old New Orleans bullshit when you'd be driving somewhere in New Orleans and you like didn't know like there was some parade going through or you know some second line jazz funeral or something and um you know not that those events are bullshit but like (laughs) just occasionally like there'd be something and you didn't look it up and you didn't get the route and then you just like end up in the middle of it and now you're fucked but you know the difference between me and like the people get pissed off at this like you know i'm slightly inconvenienced by someone's party but i'm still like okay with it whereas you know the people who got mad today i'm like okay this is like an issue that people are it's like life and death for a lot of people so 
even if you fucking donated 20 bucks or something to like the Minnesota Freedom Fund, it doesn't mean that like that's all you can do. You know, we all don't. I donated that too. I've seen tons of people saying that they've like matched one another, you know, just purely organically, like randos matching randos. It's cool. Like everyone's doing that and it's, it's crucial. But, um, but yeah, so we took a turn. We went down the 9th Street Expressway, um, which takes you under the National Mall. And it takes you out onto the highway, which I, I – okay, some people are saying I misidentified the Beltway in one of my posts earlier where, you know, after the turn down this – I mean, this was totally definitely not planned. You know, nobody, like – the police didn't know about this or, like, understand what was going on because, like, a ton of people got stuck in traffic on this highway because, like, literally it spills – that spills out onto I-695, which is a big – one of the biggest highways, like, going through – I think, honestly, the biggest highway going through D.C. And – um blocking off just tons of people now so i consider i-395 uh you know the spur that connects the beltway i-495 I which goes like in a circle you know through the dc suburbs around the city i consider that like the 395 spur and then like the go the the part of the highway that goes through dc i consider it part of the beltway you know i'm not fucking from here so whatever deal with it i, I don't know fucking road terminology get out of here anyway um so yeah, at this point, I just start taking like a ton of pictures because this is where I was like, this is fucking awesome. I mean, just the highway blocked off by people, you know, it was in like one half of it. And then the other half was like all people who were like the cops like kind of like went over and were, like telling them they had to exit um, because like people were starting to take the other side of the highway. And honestly, just like so much positivity from a lot of people in the cars, um, even though they're being inconvenienced. And honestly, like some of the people in the bike vanguard that I mentioned earlier were so cool, just like zipping around on like these scooters, like constantly pushing the lead, trying to like block more traffic. I mean, just great. Oh God, I have a great video of like a, a revolutionary dog here. (laughs) Just like, like the guy looks like he's just walking his dog through the park, but he's walking it through like the middle of I six (laughs) 95. Like my law. It's so, I don't know, honestly historic. And, um, so anyway, after that, they kind of it exited the highway, and it um, the route went started like snaking. It, it, it took the exit for I think Eastern Market, and then you know slowly snaked its way back up to the Capitol. This time I'm like totally exhausted. <laughs> I've been out there for like hours at this point in the like middle of the afternoon, sunny DC day. Uh, I had my life saved by like a kid selling water who was willing to like take the you know money from the cash app uh which i used to pay him um that was a lifesaver i bought some other people water too just you know because i'm white <laughs> that's really the only reason like i was just like i don't know we have to like support people like we have to be on the front lines you know like providing a physical barrier between the cops and the people who they're like really really looking to kill with impunity um you know we financially support these organizations financially support some random teenager trying to like make a few bucks selling you some water when you like really need it i mean i was willing to pay i was willing to pay a lot more for that water than i paid for it at that point i was so sweaty but um yeah once i started heading up to the capital i kind of i kind of ducked out um because like i said i've been out there for hours there were some as i said i witnessed some tussles um this is i was kind of exhausted I i needed to eat too but uh you know, I do want to shout out everyone who's still there. Like, I'm looking at, uh, you know, just trolling kind of the DC protest hashtag. And, you know, even writing back, I noticed just like there were pockets of people everywhere. Um, 
Oh, this fucking rocks. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, listeners. I'm looking at I'm looking at Twitter and this this tea house that I love, which has great tea blends, is supporting the protest. I mean, I you know, I simply have to stand. I, I you know who else I stand is the I don't know what the guy's like real. I forget the guy's name. Like Kendrick Sampson, I think. The guy who plays Nathan on Insecure. That dude is a huge Bernie bro. And he's like on the front line. I saw him in like LA like tussling with cops. I mean, good shit. I love it. He's cool. Um just good stuff. I mean, I, I have to stand. But um oh man, I'm looking at a Panera bread. Mayhem is continuing. People are setting stuff off. It's on a large street in downtown DC. I'm not telling you where. Oh, this is just great. I'm I'm you know. Like I said, I don't want to have like so much level levity here, but there were like so many tense moments. It's just unlike things I've seen, and I mean, this is it's truly historic times, and uh, yeah, it is so painful thinking about the reason that this these things are happening. Any criticisms of the I don't know the methodology, the tactics, they fall on deaf ears as far as I'm concerned because. If you're actually out there, you actually understand why people do these things, then the solidarity you see from people, you know, people walking around with milk, to, like helping the, because milk helps soothe the burns from uh, pepper spray, people like giving out, you know, giving stuff out for free a lot of the time. Um, I'm convinced that like teenager only charged me because I'm white, which is fine. It, it's all good. <laughs> it's literally the least I could do is buy water from like a teenager. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just we have to like understand why these are going. And I think a lot of people are understanding the reason. But for every one of those, you know, I, I do fear like the upcoming. I think curfews are kind of inevitable. I think we've heard about some neighborhoods in Minneapolis are getting curfews. I'm sure they're going to do it in some of the neighborhoods, some of the cities that have, uh, you know, had much larger protests and a lot of like clashes of police because. Yeah, you because know, the police are, like, fucking scared. They're pathetic. They are, you know, I I saw this video of, like, police, uh, after they'd been, like, driven out of part of Minneapolis, like, I think it was, like, a day or two ago, um, like, just fucking arm out the window of their car, driving and pepper spraying, like, everything. Just fucking carpet bombing, like, a busy city street with, like, pepper spray. Because they're just, they have nothing left. They can't, like, struggle against all these people physically. And if they shoot people, I mean, who knows? If they really, if they start firing, like if we have like a Kent State situation, they start firing on people. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say. I don't want to jinx it. And I'm not trying to say that like it. I'm looking forward to this happening. I don't want that to happen. That's gonna be awful. But who knows what people would do if they start, like, if they really start clamping down? I don't know. I've, I'm really terrified of the idea though of like what the police are gonna do because I, you know, a scared animal is like the most dangerous. You know, you never want to see what, what the cliche is like a, a, a bear, a mother bear with her cubs or whatever. Cause she's scared. She's going to lash out and be like much more violent. You know, I think it's like some Southern phrase, like a hit dog hollers louder or something. I, I am I accidentally quoting, um, Andrew Gillum. I think I might be, but I, I'm sure he's quoting somebody else. So I'm not quoting Andrew Gillum. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Gillum, <laughs> wherever he's at. <laughs> anyway, um, Either way, yeah, that's these are just. I don't know. We're at the end of this. I don't have any more story really. Um, it's not like anything I witnessed was like, you know, so so insane. I mean, I'm looking at like part like there's like fires downtown in DC right now. I'm not present for that. Um, 
I think it was like very humanizing how Dan described like, you know, when he saw people getting tear gassed, he was rightfully like, this is where I need to go. I mean, and everyone needs to find that point. You know, this isn't like something I'm not saying that everyone should be out on the streets. Like I said earlier, like there's tons of organizations that have administrative work that you can do um, even from home. I mean, you know, if you're working from home, you might as well be working from home, you know, have a side hustle from home uh, for a nonprofit or something. I mean, you know, speaking to myself as much as anyone else, I'm not trying to like scold anyone, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they, the often used phrase is, I guess, diversity of tactics or whatever. And, uh, I think that's, that's something that would keep this movement alive, hopefully. But, but yeah, it is just shameful. I mean, to see like, the police, like who knows what's going through their minds, honestly, like they've been shown to just be so easy to overcome. I, 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 first night there was that uh the protest that i went to so many people chanting like uh you ain't scary or like y'all some bitches too was a good one (laughs) oh man that was that was one of the funniest uh parts of that evening was when the whole crowd started chanting y'all some bitches at like the capitol police on the hill but uh but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stuff out there that can inspire you if it's something that you're inclined to do you know if you're athletic um if you give a shit, if you want to like lay your hand, your you know, you want to like do a little bit more than uh, <laughs> do a little bit more than like definitely better than posting, right? Um, definitely better than like you know trying to scrounge up some black person in your contacts so that you can like send them some haphazard email about your like you know your privilege and like bodies and spaces. I mean, basically anything's better than that. Like get out. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm really not trying to tell people what to do. Uh, I'm just like an average weirdo who went to one of these and found it in many ways, you know, inspiring, even if it is also like a, a, a kind of like terrifying thing to face down the state, um, even in like some kind of, you know, in a, in a controlled kind of environment like this or um, under these circumstances. I mean, and then you add to that, like the threat of COVID-19. I mean, you know, who knows if I already had it? Who knows if like some weird, some person's, you know, I got, as soon as I got home, I, threw all my clothes like straight into the washer and ran it and like took a shower just scrubbed the shit out of myself which not great because um if you let's just say if you touch someone who um maybe or, or if you came close to people who were pepper sprayed it's easy for it to get onto you and then burn you even a little bit um and it hurts but <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I tried to do, I wore my mask the whole time. I stayed as far away from people as I could. Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said earlier, everyone needs to come to their own like point where they decide how much they want to do in this. But all I can give is really my account. And and of course, it's like a half account because I'm not getting into any specifics. You're, you're, like I said, um, coppers, if you made it an hour and a half into this protest, like you are wasting fucking taxpayer money. Like you're not getting anything out of this. I, I, I will fucking lose my mind if this podcast is used as evidence against me in anything or anybody else. Cause that's just a fucking makes a mockery of what you're, I don't even use my fucking name on this podcast. Not like my real one, not like my, <laughs> you're not going to, sh- I don't want you to be able to track me down at all. That goes for the police and any weirdos too listening to this. But, um, but yeah, so I guess uh, there's like no good way to end this other than saying, um, you know, solidarity forever, black lives matter. And, you know, give a shit. And, and, even if, like I said, giving a shit doesn't mean that you go out and, you know, 
like <laughs> fucking like body slam a cop that's about to like detain someone illegally, you know, you can still there's a lot you can do for these movements. Is you know, there's a lot of we need just I think political will more than anything. Um like there's definitely the will if if you talk to like the activists on the on the streets, they're they're already I mean they're the will is there. Um they just I don't know. I mean if you're on the fence about this, I think hopefully this will like push you over. Anyway, I, all right, I'm gonna go because I'm just like at the end of this. But solidarity forever, and uh, shout out to everyone I shouted out, and uh, everybody who was at the protests in DC. Um, I mean, just genuinely heroic. It's cool stuff. I'll see you guys later. Uh, we'll have more normal episodes coming. Dan has been working forever on this fucking. Uh, not to shit on Dan, but <laughs> we've been waiting for this Okja episode for a while. But it is coming out. It's good stuff. And of course, this is like a crazy time to try to get work done, especially like you know, heavily non-essential work like podcasting. So that's why I think a lot of these straight-to-tape um, podcasts could be like Twitch streams, which is something we're working on. So maybe we'll do more of that soon so we can have this kind of live energy uh, if you guys like that. Um, you know, maybe even I'll do, just do like random stream check-ins, get stuff off my mind, tell you guys about the things I've seen around. So anyway, check it out. Um, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. No, I'm not doing any house cleaning today. It's... Uh, this is, I mean, even though I laughed so much at, like, some, like I, I'm the kind of person who wants to make a joke out of, like, anything, um, and there's a lot to laugh at. I do, this is a somber episode. That's why we're by ourselves. Like, if it was just the two of us yucking it up about protests, it would honestly be kind of, like, shitty to listen to, I think. Even for me, for someone who's, you know, relatively doesn't have that much skin in the game, it's not, like, the sort of thing I would want to listen to, so... You know, this way you get to, like, hear a little bit more of the way we talk when we're not talking to each other, you know? This is, like, our internal monologue, which is why I can't stop it. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, police who made an hour and a half in. Sorry you had to, like, uh, sorry you had to hang around this long. Um, keep listening. Uh, just because the podcast is over doesn't mean you can't just sit there with the earbuds in your head and not do anything. Like, don't do anything. Don't go to your job and don't shoot anybody. Um, fuck off. Bye. <laughs>